Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. I am co-hosting with my, my brother here, Kurt Satter. How are you doing this morning, Kurt? Superman. Uh, we are doing really a, good. Well, that's, that's good. I, I'm not Superman, but you know, I'm doing, I'm doing well. You're, you are something. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we are doing something we've only done two, on two other occasions. We are doing a live uh, taping of this show, and we are at Saturday morning men's Bible study at 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. And for those of you listening on the radio, yes, there are people, men, who will get up and go and to a Bible study because they have free coffee Hundreds and of free guys. donuts. Yes, but they've been doing this now for what, 20 plus years, 25 well, uh, yeah, years. 25 years, I think. So uh, we are excited to be here. We were asked to come and do this, and uh, sentimental to both Kurt and I. We both, for years, have, have this been a part of our life, so we've really enjoyed doing that. So we're here today, and uh, we got a room full of guys, and we're going to, it's the Christmas season, right? And uh, we're very excited to, to be here. And for those of you who are listening for the very first time, thank you for listening. Uh, it is a show for men, by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. Uh, that's what Solid Steps Radio is all about. And we on Solid Steps believe that you as men listening on the radio or on the podcast, we believe that you and live, that you were made in the image of God, destined by him to be his son, through Jesus Christ. That is your destiny, to walk as a man. And uh, we just want to be tools in the toolbox uh, of your life. We are not a silver bullet show that if you listen to our show and everything's going to be okay and you're never going to have a problem. That's not what we believe. What we do believe is, though, you need to be encouraged and we just want to be a tool in the toolbox to help encourage men. So when we were asked to do the show, we were asked to do uh, a couple weeks ago, and we kind of threw it together, but we were going to do a Christmas-related show, Right? So Kurt and I were talking about what we were going to do as far as the, the, the topic of it. And I immediately thought of a story about Christmas, okay? And uh, it was right after your conversion. Right, my very first Christmas as a Christian, all right? So I'm going to just uh, tell this story real quick for our audience and our listeners, and then we're going to kind of unpack what we're going to talk about over the next hour. So... It was July of 2001 when I just surrendered to God and said, I, I, you're mine. I belong to you. And that December was my first Christmas. And at the time, I lived in Shively. And uh, I was coming home from a Christmas party, a uh, family Christmas party. Uh, and I'm driving down Dixie Highway. And a Christmas Eve on Dixie Highway on any street, late at night, 10, 11 o'clock, whatever time it was, there was not a lot of cars out on the road, right? But I'm driving down Dixie, and I'm at a red light. So I come up to the red light, and I'm just sitting at the red light, and, and all of a sudden, my car moves. And I'm like, I, I think somebody just hit me. So I looked in the rearview mirror, and there is a car literally right on top of my bumper, and a guy getting out of the car. And I'm like, well, this, you know, I'm, this is interesting. You know what goes through your mind when you're in a, an accident, even though this was not, I mean, literally, I didn't even know my car had been in an accident, it just moved. And so somebody just bumped me on the, on the rear. So I get out of the car and I look and I, I, immediately you're taken in the scene and the car was not the, in the best shape, right? My car probably would have been a lot more damaged, uh, could use the damage more than his car. His car had had some damage to it, right? You could tell this car needed some work, right? So my first thought was, okay, it's, it's not a car in the best shape. And the guy pouring out of the car is, I mean, he is, I don't know if he's drinking or not, but he is like, man, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's this African-American gentleman. He was probably in his late 50s, early 60s. I'm 27 at the time. 
So I'm just kind of gauging all this in about three or four seconds of what the situation is. And he's like, I am so sorry. I did not mean to. I, I just wasn't paying attention. And I said, you know, okay, let's go look at the damage. And there was hardly, you know, nothing. There was nothing, right? So we're just sitting there just kind of talking. He's doing a whole lot more talking because he's very apologetic. And as I'm standing on Dixie Highway on Christmas Eve, all of a sudden, something just came pouring out of my mouth. <laughs> and I had never taken a class on evangelism. I did not uh, know what you were supposed to say or not supposed to say. But I looked at this man, I said, do you know Jesus Christ? It just came out of my mouth. I mean, it was like so swelling in me, I just said this right here on the, on the road. Well, this guy paused, and, and I, I can't remember if he actually broke down, but he just, he just kind of collapsed. He's like, man, you don't understand. I, and he starts telling me his story. I've had this happen and blah, blah, blah. And he was from, I think he was from Cincinnati area. And he was coming in town. I don't even know why he was coming in town. I said, hey, what are you doing for Christmas tomorrow for church? He says, man, I'm not doing anything. I said, I'm going to come pick you up. I go, where are you staying? And he was staying at a motel, not a hotel, a motel down on Dixie Highway, right? I said, okay. So I gave him my card and I said, call me. By the time I got home, he had called me. <laughs> he had already gotten to wherever he was and he left me a voicemail. He says, man, here's where I am. He says, I'd love for you to come pick me up and take me to Christmas. I said, great. So next day, we get up, come here to Christmas. I come pick up my buddy, and I don't remember his name. And this is 17 years ago. I don't remember his name. Jesus still does. <laughs> yeah. So I went and picked this gentleman up, and I took him to church. And, and we sat out here in that sanctuary. And, man, he was, if there was a happier person in the building, I would have loved to have seen him. I mean, this guy was just grinning ear to ear. He was so thankful. And, again, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing right or wrong. I just say, hey, you want, you want to come to church with me, right? And so that day I dropped him off, and, and for about a week after that, we stayed in touch. In fact, I was trying to help him get some furniture because he may be moving here, and then he just disappeared. I never heard from him again. I don't know what happened to him. I have no idea. But when he asked me about doing this Christmas show, I said, you know what? There is something that happens during Christmas that's, I think, a little bit different than other times of year. I mean, how many months out of the year do people who they don't go to church, but they start singing about baby Jesus. They come to church service. They may not grace the doors any other time of year, but they will come during Christmas. They buy gifts. They give gifts. They're, it's a giving time of year. People are typically, generally speaking, in a better mood during December than not. Why is that? I think the Holy Spirit is working so powerfully. Um, I, I think the Lord works in such a way especially at Christmas season. And I think people are extra sensitive to, um, to that movement of the Holy Spirit. They might not, even, just like your, the guy that bumped into you, I, I don't think he realized what's, what was going on. Many, many times people who come to church at Christmas time, it's the only time they come to church, but the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. The Holy Spirit is moving in their lives. And so, you know, Chad, when we were talking about this show, and we, we really wanted to zero in on what is the connection between Christmas, Jesus being born, Jesus coming, the incarnation, you know, God coming with us, God with us, Emmanuel, that's what that means. And then uh, we, we zero in on Jesus, but so many times we forget the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we, uh, we went, we... Uh, we plagiarized. Wayne, uh, Wayne Smith, the old, the old preacher in Lexington, said, you know, if you plagiarize long enough, it's called research. <laughs> and 
so we, we, we plagiarized a little bit, but uh, you know, a little bit from Bob Russell and a little bit from another, another preacher. It's a Pentecostal Indian preacher named Stanley Vasu. So <laughs> Stanley, wherever you are in the world, we took some notes from you and we just want to give him credit where credit's due. But, yeah, but we, we went, you go back to the Bible and just over and over again, the, the main characters in the Christmas story are all touched and moved by the Holy Spirit. And I just think that's absolutely fascinating. And I think, uh, Chad, when, you were, when you're sitting there on Dixie Highway and you're out of your car and you're having this conversation with this, this guy, that was the Holy Spirit I, I working, know, working in you. I didn't even know any better. So it's not like there was this massive conversion or anything like that. It wasn't. But I didn't know any better what to say or not to say. It just literally, I just had never, one of those experiences I'll never forget that I was so pushed to say that, it just came out. And so today we're going to talk about here uh, in the next few segments about we hear the term the Christmas spirit. Get into the Christmas spirit. And the world says the Christmas spirit. And we're arguing, and I don't think you need much of an argument from those who believe that it's not really the Christmas spirit as much as it is the Holy Spirit moving during Christmas. Now that is not to say that the Holy Spirit doesn't move in June and March and February. He does. But there's something about Christmas season, and there's something about being able, people are more approachable, and there's just something going on. And we're going to look through the scriptures, and we're going to see that the Holy Spirit was moving before Jesus was born, months. I mean, obviously, he was moving since the beginning of time. But you see leading up to the birth of Jesus that the Holy Spirit was moving in people's life, lives. And he was moving at the moment, and he was moving after Christmas. You know, Chad, not too long ago, there was a guy who uh, just asked me, he said, where was the, the involvement of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Uh, was the Holy Spirit around? I go, oh yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit was definitely a part of the Old Testament. Uh, David writes about it. Uh, the, the Spirit of God was hovering over the faces of the water and Genesis talks about. And, and the Holy Spirit is very much alive in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, um, and, and this is when we look at uh, Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 in the Christmas story. This is kind of in the context, even though it's in the, in the New Testament, it's really in the Old Covenant. It's the Old, Old Testament piece of how the people of God walked with God. And so the Holy Spirit um, is, is very much alive and moving. But then when Jesus uh, is ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter 2, then the Holy Spirit comes and abides and lives within us. But we're going to unpack uh, chapters uh, Luke 1 and 2, and uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in the spirit of Christmas. So we're going to take a break, we're and we're going to come back over the next couple of segments. We're going to talk about the next segment about how the Holy Spirit moved in certain people's lives. And then we're going to hear a couple stories from a few different guys this morning about how the Holy Spirit moved in their life during Christmas season. And if we have enough time and I can get these guys in this room to behave, we actually may sing a Christmas carol at the very end. So that's going to be exciting. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. We are taping live today uh, in front of a, a, I say studio audience, a chapel audience here at Southeast Christian Church. Uh, Saturday morning, the men's Bible study. And uh, we're talking about the Christmas spirit and the Holy Spirit and the relation between the two. And uh, if you want to get into the Christmas spirit and you just want to feel great, uh, one thing you need to do, you need to be able to see well. 
And to do that, you need to go to Vision First Eye Care. We want to thank our sponsor, Vision First Eye Care, and uh, Ellen and Credit Union, Frank Enterprises, Bright Star Home Care, Dan Hart Financial, Sue Ann Coralia. You did it right. See, Sue Ann Coralia, she is a sponsor of the show. She's an ISR self-rescue trained. She trains children how to uh, rescue themselves if they ever fall in the body of water. Uh, not to swim, but how to rescue themselves and, and not drown. So uh, those are our sponsors of our show. And without those folks, uh, we wouldn't be able to be on air. And we'd also have a commercial-free podcast. We want to thank our, our sponsors. So, Chad, uh, in this whole context of the Holy Spirit, in the spirit of Christmas, it's really interesting. Um, we're going to look at uh, s- seven folks, seven people in the, right in the beginning of uh, the Gospel of Luke and the beginning of Matthew who are completely controlled and, and, and moved by the Holy Spirit. So in Luke chapter 1, it says, uh, in verse 5, it says, in the time of, of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. And uh, this is now the, whole, the story of John the Baptist, his, his parents, Zechariah and his mom, Elizabeth. And in verse 8, it says, once when Zechariah's division, he was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be known as John the Baptist. Verse 14 says, He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with, here it is, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Verse 16, many of the people of Israel he will, he will bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, the Old Testament prophet Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It, I think it's just really interesting that uh, even from birth, John the Baptist, God was moving, and the Holy Spirit, he was, he was full of the Holy Spirit even from birth. And, um, uh, you know, when you, when you think about that, that's also tr- going to be true of his dad, Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you know the story, uh, do you remember the story? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I, the part I love about the, which you're gonna, we're going to hit on Mary here in a little bit, so I don't want to jump ahead, but um, that Zechariah was a good man. Right? It wasn't like he was this full of himself Pharisee, uh, that, that he was a good man based on what the scriptures say, the description of him, right? But his response when the angel <laughs> came to him and said, hey, you're going to have a baby, uh, <laughs> talk about that for a second. Well, you know, yeah, the, the angel saying, you're going you're, you're to have a baby. Now, Zachariah and Elizabeth were barren. I mean, they, they had no kids. They were old. And he's going like, how in the world is that going to happen? That, I mean, that just can't be. I mean, Elizabeth and I have been together for decades, and, and we have had no kids. And now, as an old man, you, I, I'm going to have a kid now. I'm going to have a child. And, uh, of course, the angel says, okay, yeah, that's going ha- to happen. You are going to have a baby, but because you won't really believe me, you're going to be silent. You, you cannot, uh, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to talk. 
You're going to be mute. Six months, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Six months, he did not wasn't able to speak. Well, and, and he really, really didn't speak until after John was born. Right. And it says in, uh, in, in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 67, this is after John is born, it says his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he's filled with the Holy Spirit, now he, he, he's going to open his mouth. And the first thing that's going to come out of his mouth, he prophesies. And listen, listen to what he says. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and he has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn, which means strength, a strength of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. And he goes on. He just, he's, he's just giving praise and honor to the Lord. Now, I don't want to make more of it than what's there, but it's the angel Gabriel said, this is what's going to happen. He says, I doubt it. Watch this. Now you can't talk for six months. Then John the Baptist is born, and then it says he was what? Filled with the Spirit. Yes. So after... John was born, then, I don't, I don't know if he, maybe he didn't believe it until the moment, but I mean, for goodness sakes, it took him a long while. But well, he was point a little is, slow. But point is, the Holy Spirit, he was filled with the Holy Spirit after yeah. Gabriel and after John the Baptist was born. There was a big gap in between there. But when he was filled with the Spirit, he was prophesying. So obviously he was uh, able to do a whole lot more in the Spirit. He doubted maybe when he wasn't. Yeah, so, so, so you have John the Baptist who was filled, filled by the Holy Spirit right. from birth. You've got his dad, Zechariah, who becomes filled with the Spirit after John is born. Right. Uh, he was a righteous man, and he, um, but he, he doubted. He struggled, kind of like, I think like all of us. Right. Uh, I want you to turn to um, verse 26 of Luke 1, because now we're going to look at Mary. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Seems like any time an angel shows up, people get scared. People get scared. Right. Have you ever seen an angel? No, I have not. I haven't either, but I think if I saw an angel, I'd probably be scared too. Well, I was going to say my wife, but <laughs> that means I'd be scared of her, which is a whole other thing. So she no, is I'm an not. angel, though. Yeah, you, but I'm not scared you, of her. So anyway. So in verse 29, it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Uh, we could unpack favor of God. That's a really cool concept. Um, throughout the scriptures, people who get the favor of God and people who don't. But Mary had found favor with God. She was a righteous young lady. Verse 31 says, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit, here it is, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be barren in her sixth month. 
and she's in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And her answer, I love her, I love Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. She, so, so right here is the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary. And, and Jesus is going to be uh, uh, coming out of Mary and the connection of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I just think it's a, 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 a huge... Uh, a, a huge piece of the Christmas story that sometimes we miss. Well, I, I think in, in Protestant world, not to talk theology, but we will. Uh, sometimes the Catholic Church, and I'm, I used to be Catholic, but the Catholic Church sometimes puts too much emphasis on, on Mary. But I think almost the pendulum has swung the other way that the Protestant Church has sometimes not given her enough a, a press per se, right? That yeah. she is just a. Uh, she, she was, was a godly, right? Godly young woman. And think of her response. She's a teenage girl, who's uh, not married yet, but wed to be married, and said, "You're going to have a baby." And her response, where she asked the question, his question was a doubtful question. Her question was a little bit more logistical, like, "Okay, I mean, how am I going to do that? Because I'm not." You know, I'm, I'm a not, virgin. I, yeah, I'm, right? I'm a virgin. Which was a legitimate question. Why I don't think she did not get, re, you know, she didn't get silenced for six months. But her response should be, my, I, I'm, I've been praying this prayer since the, the past couple few weeks is getting into Christmas. You start opening this up. How, how, what would it be like if we woke up and said, I am your Lord's, I am the Lord's servant. Whatever your word for me is, let it be done. That was her response. Man, wouldn't that be a great response for us every day? For, for all of us. Yeah. Uh, you think about us guys, if that would be our response. Lord, whatever, whatever you say, however, wherever, I will follow you, I will obey you, I will honor you, you are my king, you are my master. That was her response. Right. That's profound maturity. Um, so, so we're gonna take a break, and then the next segment, we're gonna talk a little bit more about more folks in the Bible here in the scriptures. Uh, about the, how the Holy Spirit was moving and, and, and how that relates to us. In our final segment, uh, we're going to have a couple guests come up and give some literal moments where they saw the Holy Spirit moving. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Solid Steps Radio. 